Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. series where we interview the newsmakers. Uh, this is episode 57, and it is the civilian drone documentary show. We're going to talk with the filmmaker. Uh, this documentary is it's interesting. Um, we'll go into that a little bit here, but before we bring on our guest, I want to uh, say hello to our co-host, late man Gene Robinson. How's it going, Gene? <laughs> well, Patrick, I happen to be in a government building, and apparently cell phones are blocked or something because I could not get through. Had to run to the uh, the window there to get in. So, you know, the typical kind of uh, technical difficulties we all have to overcome. But, yes, I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, well, we're, you know, I know all deals kind of, you know, we, we keep busy over here at SUS News because people keep saying that, oh, geez, what's this and that? And it's like, well, you know, we're trying. The staff is kind of light over here. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so um, anything, any of the, the current news stories catch your attention this week, Gene? Well, you know, there's been quite a bit. I mean, uh, I don't know. It seems to me that uh, we're starting to see some more positive stories about unmanned aircraft use. However, I, you know, I will have to say that I find it interesting that there were like a half a dozen drone flights in Yemen over the last as many days. Um, so it, it's not like our government doesn't embrace the use of UAs. It's just uh, kind of selectively applied. But, you know, there, there's been a lot of other things in the news, like uh, the guys over at CAA, they're the resource folks getting their first uh, unmanned license. I'm tickled to death for those guys. Yeah, there, and there's another group, I guess, that's, you know, uh, licensed by the CA UK to certify people, which is good because the monopoly was kind of bugging me. But uh, yeah. that's bad for business. Um, a couple other things going on. I went to the state capitol here in California, and they had a hearing, and it was mainly on uh, law enforcement. But again, it's still the same, you know, really broad brush of um privacy and the fourth amendment and all the rest of that which is great you know and i my thing is, is look you know if it if it constitutes a search get a warrant man you know it's not it's not that hard i mean there's already all the laws on the books and the supreme court has you know gone over the the man flights and you can fly over yards and yada 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 and i mean really to be honest that's another thing i'm doing the uh, american bar association Expo Symposium in San Francisco on Friday. So, you know, come on out because it's going to be a. I think I'm going to be in. Um, 
Well, I, I know I got some people from EFF, maybe ACLU, the same cast of characters. I think Steve Morris from uh, MLB is going to be there, so oh, at least I'll have yeah, I'll have a little bit of uh, help there. But uh, I don't know. I, I you know after the whole NSA thing, um, I'm really thinking that uh, the privacy thing is kind of superfluous as you know. They are uh, all over our private stuff. We got a lot of a lot of wind noise or something back there. Gene, are you outdoors now? Hmm. I don't know if we were losing him or what the deal is, but anyway, so doing the ABA thing that ought to be interesting, and I'll be posting the PowerPoint at uh, at our SUS News on SlideShare, and that's another thing. We put all of the presentations from the small unmanned systems business expo are now up there. Sans a few, but I'm having a problem converting them. But I'll get those up there too, so you could go there, look at the um, look at the PowerPoints. And then I'll also I'll be chatting around at the UVSI in uh, D.C. And uh, I've got an appointment at the delousing station on Thursday. I'm leaving, but I will be around. So if, if you're out there, look for me. Um, I'm doing a presentation on Monday on on uh, lighter than air systems for space and missile defense command. Our space and missile defense needs should be pretty interesting. It's kind of salesy, but hey, it's uh, I like to have fun with them. Uh, so I'll be doing that too. Working on a few more things around here. We have already set dates for next year's expo, which will be uh, May 8th and 9th of 2014. And there is already a lot of excitement about people wanting to be at the next show. Feedback yep. at the show that I've heard has been just people are just besides themselves how good it was. Um, I think a lot of people thought there were going to be some like, you know, real estate photographers in there. Uh, just hanging around. Not that you know I'm deriding real estate photographers because I've seen some pretty good stuff, but uh, it was actually people that had you know, oh I don't know, got you know some venture capital funding to the tune of 27 million or five million or 10 million. So <clears throat> you know some serious folks in the room uh, doing some serious things. A lot of uh, a lot of networking. My phone's been ringing yeah. off the hook on, on different technologies and different ideas and some really good stuff, really good stuff. People looking for some venture capital, and uh, I'm actually trying to get people some funding. So if you want to either you know, throw money at somebody or you have a technology you think that uh, is worthy of getting some venture capital, get in touch. How about you, Gene? Any feedback on the, on the show? You know, I've been kind of doing the same thing. I've been, uh, I, I ran into so many people that have some really, really good ideas, and and not that I couldn't use some venture capital, but uh, you know, I, I didn't angle toward that one. Uh, I'm, I was really, as a manufacturer, I was more interested in the people that really had something that could contribute. And uh, I've been, I spent the last week just trying to catch up with all those guys and and uh, touch bases with them and see how we could work together. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm pretty excited about some of the the few contacts that I have been able to get into into touch with because of my schedule, and it's going to be a good year, I think. I think so, and I do think too that uh, people should uh, stand by. There's there's a couple of uh, things in the works if we can get them together in our spare time. There may be. Uh, uh, some partnerships with uh, other organizations that want yes. to utilize this technology. 
Of course, I mean, out there in, in radio land, it's, you know, somebody hatches a plan, and then the plan needs, you know, uh, rounding out and sanity checking, and then, you know, you start talking to people and build something out of it. It takes a little bit of um, doing, let's say. It's not, it's not yeah, magical. It's, it's not a minor undertaking, but uh, it's well worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, if we do this stuff, I think you know, uh, you know, the whole premise behind the show is, is that I was going to uh, try and, or we were going to try and change the narrative, and uh, the feedback is, is that the narrative I think has changed, and people have taken notice and said, "Hey, wait a minute, you know, the the commercial sector is not just a bunch of guys out here horsing around doing uh, small time stuff. These people are doing some serious stuff." And I think that that's built a little bit of excitement in the um, in the community, and I think that that's transferring on. I mean, we we did a lot of firsts uh, there, and I see that some of those are are being emulated, even at the AUBSI show. So that's good news. Hopefully, we are turning the uh, the Titanic away from the iceberg. And uh, uh, we'll you see know, what happens. I think that the, the main thing that is that uh, the mom and pop shop, the small entrepreneur, is alive and well, and he is innovating. And the venture capital community is, has taken notice. That's another thing I've, I've, I mean, there were, there were actually more venture capitalists at the show than I had realized. So they are, they're interested. Um, you know, the one other news story that did catch my uh, attention and I've posted in a few places, and I think this is kind of, uh, you know, talks about one of the reasons we don't have a lot of, we may not have regulation is, is the Predator King story in the BBC News. And I, I know you saw that, Gene. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people wonder, and I, I mean, I'm not, you know, the military thing or the DOD side of this, it has its place, and, I'm, you know, it's great and all the rest of that. But when people ask, how come we don't have uh, regulation here in the United States, and you look at, well, you know, um, the House Armed Service Committee and the uh, chair of the Unmanned Vehicle Caucus, you know, um, and there's some other people that are on that caucus or whatever that said that they would help me get on the on the current arc so small business could be represented and, you know, which is only fair if we're going to have representation from all affected stakeholder groups, except for small business and the end user. Out in the cold again, but we see why. You know, we see yeah. when when uh, you know someone is getting I don't know eight hundred and thirty thousand plus dollars in campaign contributions from the big DOD vendors. Hmm. dinky do, or are we trying to you know lock this up for ourselves? I mean, I don't think it's too hard to just to, to stretch it there, but it's definitely. That's the kind of money that we're we're dealing with. And when I talk about doing advocacy and, and people talk about, you know, oh, well, $45 is a lot of money and, you know, I can't pay dues and everything. That's what you're that's what you're up against. I don't think yep. I'm starting to think that uh, just as a, a whole social commentary in our country that, you know, it used to be the tinfoil hat deal. But the thing is, the monster is so big and and. uh the way that it works or our system works now is uh, so far out there that I don't think people believe it or can even grasp it. Comment on that, Gene? It's, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. The, it's gotten too big to eat. It's, if you can't wrap your arms and head around it, it, it's like standing at the base of a mountain and trying to see around it. You can't. 
You can't, but you can, you know, if you start, if you, t- you know, and it's the same deal with uh, even this technology and people, oh, you know, you're the futurist or, you know, what, I'm, whatever. Uh, just take two steps back and take an objective look at the whole thing and you start realizing, you know, there's big money at play here. There's big money, big influence, you know, all tied into the government. How you know when people say, "Well, gee whiz, you know how can a how could a company charge two hundred and twenty five million dollars a copy for an aircraft?" You know, connect the dots, man. You know, if you're if you're doling out those kinds of contributions for that House Armed Service Committee, you know, how many hundred for that project? You know, and I'm not even a uh, you know I'm not even an analyst. I'm just a John Q. Bag of Donuts public guy out here, you know, looking from the outside in. But I can see what the candy store has to offer. And you look at the other, uh, you know, avenues of this deal and people off ramping to the DOD vendors and looking for jobs. And, you know, the whole deal in the government is, you know, if you've got three or four pensions, you're really a sharp cookie. I don't have one. Uh, Yeah, well understood and i think that uh common sense is starting to prevail out here in john q public land and that common sense tells us that's exactly what you stated that this thing has gotten out of control and uh if you're a small player well you you don't even get to play and we've got to we've got to change that. We've got to get back out into it. We've got to get the small entrepreneur and the, the, the small business person back out there onto that playing field where they can do some good. Well, that and, uh, the, you know, small business and end user community, you know, the, uh, the, R, the, the, the original concept for the R cap, but really what we need is money. I mean, anybody, I mean, that's another thing I'm talking about investment. People want to invest money. Um, you know, you can invest all the money you want, into this technology, but if you don't have regulation, those investments are not going to be very good because you're just going to get it be hard to get a return on your investment. So, you know, that's, that's going to be my next deal. I am uh, definitely my, my presentation at the expo was about trying to get the technology, computer, internet people, uh, circle our wagon and kind of uh, try and get these people into the, the circus tent and, re- and have them realize that any any business that really thinks it's going to be a business needs some sort of representation, and that representation on the federal level takes money. I'm not saying we're ready to give some uh, congressmen, you know, $835 million, or I'm sorry, $835,000 or whatever, but uh, we got to do something, and we have to be heard. So, And, and that, I think... Um, kind of segues into today's guest, and that is Maha Calderon, who has a film that we showed a clip at the Small Unmanned Business Expo, the Civilian Drones, the documentary. Hello, Maha. Good morning, Patrick. Hi, Dean. How are you? Hi, Maha. I'm doing good. Gene over there, on the other hand, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> running a little ragged in the 106 degree heat, but uh, Maha's, I, I think, uh, uh, in my home state today, and I think she got to enjoy some of the, the balmy weather that we've been going through. Oh, uh, yes. Beautiful weather, <laughs> absolutely. I can't believe I used to live here. <laughs> no, it is a really nice out here, especially the nights. Yeah, so, it has uh, been pretty yeah. warm. 
Well, True. now you uh, we played a, a a little clip of your documentary at the Small Unmanned Systems Business Expo, and you know, um, subsequently we've ran a story about it. Um, on SUS News, and we've been getting a little, a, well, a lot of feedback. But before we get into uh, that, uh, I would I would ask that you please introduce yourself to the audience, little bio, possibly, and how you got involved with the topic of unmanned aircraft systems. Thanks, Patrick. Um, my name is Maha Calderon. I am a professional writer and photographer. I have a degree in journalism from Texas State University, and I'm also an FAA certified flight instructor. Last August, I sat next to Jean's wife, Angelique. I'm sure a lot of people have met her. Uh, we were on a Southwest Airlines flight from Austin to San Diego. Uh, we started chatting, and she told me her husband developed UAS, and I had to do a double take because my husband is developing UAS. What are the odds of that happening? Um, in our case, we were still filling out paperwork for the FAA. We had no clue that we had hit a wall at that point. So it was really interesting um, that it wasn't going to be the 60 to 90 days as previously thought. So, hmm. so what, you, yeah, yeah, on the COA process you're talking about, right? Correct. Yeah, right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so as far as the documentary itself is concerned, uh, I was pretty shocked to hear about the FAA actively blocking search and rescue flights. I mean, anyone with any sense would say, no, that can't be possible because, you know, you're helping people who are possibly dying. Um, so that's how that came about. I thought it was a story that really needed to be told. Well, I I agree. I, I I think the story does need to be told, and I know I cut, I just stepped on you there, so go ahead. Oh, just the fact that I mean, not only are they blocking, but you know, you start looking into it, and they make you feel like Gene's the bad guy. You know, anybody who's trying to do this and not listen to the government who says go away for now is a bad guy because he's trying to help people who are, you know, their kids who are lost, people who are dying. But you're the bad guy for wanting to help. So, I mean, you can see where the story just gets bigger and bigger. It is. Well, I mean, that kind of goes back to uh, what we had talked about in the first segment there. Uh, it seems like if you're trying to help, if you're trying to get something done in this country, you're the bad guy. If you're, right. you know, uh, sending us lots of campaign contributions, um Things like that. Everything's honky dory. Um, there was an old saying about money talking and BS walking, and <clears throat> we know what category I think the gene falls into these days. Well, I, I I think it's more the kind of no good deed goes unpunished. Okay. I yeah, I'd concur with that. I, I, you know, even that uh, <clears throat> the Mount Hood thing uh, is a is an, a perfect example of. And, and maybe Gene, you could give the audience just a, a little bit of background on on the Mount Hood deal because your uh, your search services were involved in that. 
Uh, that's correct. That was uh, several years ago when the, the three climbers went missing, but uh, our unmanned aircraft along with uh, another manufacturer's aircraft went up there, and we were named in the COA, and, uh, which the Air Force BJs were also named. And uh, we went up there, and uh, the only time they would allow us to fly <laughs> was a very small window when the winds were at uh, about 55 knots and it was snowing. So, you know, that was uh, uh, kind of the way they looked at us when we when we came in with the aircraft. Uh, obviously, everybody knows by now that uh, those climbers were not found alive, but... Uh, we did manage to get our craft in the air, believe it or not, and uh, it did fly. But uh, it's just, you know, one of those things where, gosh, you know, you, you get out there and you try to do it, and, and even though you've, you've got the, 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 the tacit approval, when you get out there to fly, they put you in some of the worst conditions you could ever hope for, so you're kind of set up to fail. Uh, the uh, the other manufacturer did fail. They launched eight times and crashed eight times. So yes, yes, and you know, while I was on the small U.S. Ark, and I may have told this story, but uh, somebody from ATO was relishing that that uh, you know everybody that launched crashed. Well, <laughs> well, it was futile. And I mean, I remember stopping the meeting right there and saying the same thing because I had heard it from you that uh, you guys weren't allowed to fly until the winds were at 55 or 60 knots. I mean, people have to understand a hurricane is 70 knots. It's a hurricane. So, you know, even in the meeting there, I said that's, you know, it's disingenuous. You're not telling everybody the whole story. And thank God it wasn't any of my family or loved ones that were up there on Mount Hood that were left to die because you wanted to play games. That's how I see it. Yeah. Sorry, and I mean, how do you go back from that point and say, oh, well, you know, there's no rewind button. They're dead. Yeah, you there's no rewind. You can't go back and find them now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, your family gets closure. Woo. Closure or found alive, you know. So, you know, you want to play you want to play games because you think you're, you know, you got a little bit of power up there. This is going to make me more popular, you know. I mean, it's getting so bad with the Christmas cards. I'm thinking about just buying a menorah to put up there on the mantle. So people don't think I don't have any friends at all, you know. But I, to me, when you have the bureaucrat is sitting in a place of power and you have an opportunity to save people's lives, there's obviously not a lot of air traffic up there, you know, and you choose to sit in your cloistered little office over there in D.C. inside the Beltway and think I'm powerful enough or people are going to respect my authority like that kid on the South Park thing. And these people died. <laughs> And I'm not saying, yeah. you know, let's be, I will be fair, and I, I have to say, well, you know, I can't say that the, the unmanned aircraft would have found these people for sure. But when it's life or death like that, you want to put these things out there. Same with Katrina. Katrina, they wouldn't let anyone fly. You know, they were ripping wings off of these deals and duct taping them to helicopters to look for people, to use the sensors. You know, you yep. have life or death situations. Um, and and I think it was the same, wasn't it? In, uh, where'd they have the earthquake? Was that in Puerto Rico or uh, Haiti? Eighty. Yeah. So you know, I have a chance to save people's lives. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting out there a little bit. But <clears throat> these are some of the things I'm sure that kind of spawned the documentary, Ma. They did indeed, and you know the fact that someone has already probably gotten paid 
to be in charge of rescuing people when something goes wrong, so we have to justify the expense. So we can't let a little foam airplane go up there and find them for very little to no cost. Anyway, uh, back to the documentary. Uh, That's pretty much it. You know, people could be alive. We don't know. We'll never know, and that's the worst part of it. Well, all of that stuff, I mean, even that Mount Hood deal was, I mean, you know, I saw the pictures, the guys rode in the snow cats and the, you know, I mean, it was, you know, made for TV movie stuff. But is that, I know that, you know, from the clips that I've seen uh, of the documentary, which we should probably give the, the website right now uh, so people, if they wanted to, can check it out. Would you Would you do that for me? Absolutely. It's com. And it is drones, plural. Okay. com. Yeah, and we'll give that one more time at the end, but just if you wanted to run over there while you're listening and uh, check that out. Now, um, it's it's kind of interesting to take, you know, I I actually am in the, uh, I was interviewed for this uh, documentary. And one of the things I did notice when being interviewed, as you talked about, well, you know, let's let's keep uh, the perspective for the layperson and whatever else. And I don't really understand all of this or, you know, how are we going to break this down? And and that is one thing that we don't have a lot of women in the unmanned aircraft systems world. And and so even from that perspective, I, I think it gives you something uh, a little bit of a different perspective. Can can we get a high altitude view of the technology and industry from you? Sure. Um, first of all, I'm a huge fan of technology all around, and UAS is just it just seems to me the logical next step in evolution. I mean, whether it's cost, safety, efficiency. And then you have Gene out there saving lives. I don't know how you could possibly put a price on that. Um, I've gotten a lot of emails from supporters of the documentary telling me how there were actually a lot of incidents and human casualties that could have been prevented if they had used UAS. Um, Those conditions where aircraft were used at low altitude when you know, you should only be in low altitude if you're taken off for landing. And it's usually helicopters who end up meeting the ground a little too soon. Uh, but really, from what I've seen at the expo, at the SUAS expo in San Francisco, I was incredibly impressed with all the capabilities, uh, whether agriculture, mapping, all the applications. And I really applaud everyone who's still persisting in research and development despite the FAA. Um, as a woman, you know, we get emotional about stuff, but it was really sad to think that some companies that cease to operate or exist altogether because of what the FAA has done. I mean, not only did they kill a good portion of U.S. business in, during a tough economy of all time, but they've killed ideas and future concepts, like, from within I met some people who were really amazing at this field, and now they're working minimum wage jobs. So I don't know. I just feel really impel- compelled to tell the story. And so it sounds like that was the impetus for the documentary, which, yeah. you, just, which you just explained, which which I think is, is – uh, 
a fair topic to examine. I, I, I concur with you. It is, it's really, it's, uh, I, I got to be honest, you know, sometimes going through this process, there's times where I just want to, I feel like I'm, I'm physically sick when I, yeah. you know, think about the, the inanity of where we're at in this country with technology and new technologies that, you know, have the promise to, um, you know, feed a hungry world or, or whatever. Um, and you've got, again, the bureaucrats sitting over there, you know, in the fiefdom, more friends, friends from the fiefdom are uh, sitting there and basically just saying no, because I said so, or I'm, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate on why I can't make it happen, but there's, there's a lot of different ways, but I, I agree with all of that. Um, so I'm willing to bet you if you were to ask these guys why, in this case, asking why, you know, make an argument that makes sense. Explain it to me. They don't have anything to say except no, shut up and go away. That's all they want to say. So we're not going to shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's okay. And, um, you know, and the funny thing is, too, is, you know, again, back to the Christmas card thing, um, you know, you can have a lot of them. <laughs> well, this, you know, this documentary is not fair. I mean, it was even an instance at the uh, uh, at the small UA unmanned systems exposition where it was kind of funny. I kind of played a trick on Maha because after we played the clip, <laughs> the gentleman from DHS came over and he was like, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about your, your video. And I'm like, my video? What video? And he's like, your video. And I'm like, the <laughs> video? He's like, yeah, the one you just played the clip of. I'm like, oh, that's not my video. That's her video. So I came over to uh, Maha was standing there and I go, uh, this gentleman from uh, DHS would like to speak to you about your video. <laughs> and then I walked off. Yeah. I thought you were kidding. I swear to God, I thought you were kidding. Um, you know what's amazing about that whole conversation? I won't bore you with the details, but five minutes of this movie was Gene's face plastered on a huge screen. I mean, you could not have missed Gene's face. And this guy didn't have a clue that it was about Gene. Who was sitting next to me? You know, it's like, what were you listening to? You only saw FAA bad. That's all you saw, and you're trying to say, oh, no, my buddies are good people. You can't say that about them. Well, yeah, no, I've heard, I've had several people go, your movie is is really kind of unfair, and it's going to, um, you know, make well, people... Well, it is your movie, Patrick, isn't it? It's yours. I know. Everybody's trying to lay the blame <laughs> for that movie on somebody. Because <laughs> there's, there's another guy that will remain nameless when I first saw the clip was said, this is Maha's movie. She made this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think in the I distance I heard a, a uh, horn, a bus horn tooting. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, we were and, next to the bus depot. That's right. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. I had a buddy that lived right there. Uh, that was always great. This bus has started at like 5.30 in the morning. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's the ambiance, the San Francisco ambiance. But you could have had the tenderloin ambiance that Gene enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> i got to be more on that. Oh, uh, that, that was a little culture shock for this, this Texan to be in the tenderloin <laughs> district of San Francisco. Well, let's, let's put it this way. There there tend to be a lot of folks living an alternate lifestyle down there. Yes, that is true. Now, all you need and is a cowboy them. hat, a cowboy hat and a sidekick named Ratso, and you'd have been in. <laughs> Gee. 
yeah. The, the cowboy hat and the boots down there just with, made me a magnet. I was just like, oh god, we got run, run. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Now. Back to the documentary, yes, the uh, folks have said the same thing. Oh, that's not fair, you know, there's folks, some folks at the FAA that are really trying and yada, yada, yada. And I'm not going to say that there aren't folks at the FAA who are really trying. You know, you got to give, I got to give, I have to give some people the benefit of the doubt. Some people are beyond doubt because I've I've talked to them on several occasions. And, um, you know, the, the term empty suit. In some cases, really fits uh, junkets. You know, I want to go traveling. I want to go to the. Uh, I want to go to these symposiums. It's great. You know, it must be nice to travel on the taxpayer's dime to get nothing done. If you're getting something done, I'm okay with it. But if you're just, you know, junket after junket after junket, and we don't have any progress, I don't like that. Bugs me as a taxpayer. So there are some people that are yes that are trying. I've heard they're trying. Well, that's you know, not you got to. I just want to yeah, say, yeah. let's not lose perspective that you have, it, it, to me, it's so black and white. It's paperwork versus human life. In this particular instance, you know, go back and explain to someone who lost their kid, who may or may not have been rescued, I don't know, we'll never know, but tell her it's because of those paperwork sitting on my desk and I, you know, I'll get to it sometime, that your kid's no longer alive. Put it in those right. terms. Right, and that's you know, you, there's you you can. I mean, if you've been in the had the experience to meet you know a mother who's lost a child, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Unless you know, yeah, it is. You're made of stone. However, I do want to say you know the point I was getting to while I was you know talking about the people at the FAA is um, any participation from the FAA and. To, to give their side of the story how they're they're working on this issue, Maha. Oh, well, when this started, of course, I sent them a list of questions. Uh, to the I sent it to the UAS Integration Office. They referred me to Mr. Les Dork. Apparently, the FAA doesn't speak for itself. They need spokesperson. Right. And um, this was September of 2012. He said... He will not be interviewed, but he promised to send answers. Again, 2012. Today is 2013, August. I'm not holding my breath anymore. Um, I did approach random FAA people that I know who are air traffic controllers, safety inspectors, all kinds of fields within the FAA. First of all, they had no idea that commercial operations of UAS were forbidden. And then they kept saying, on whose authority are they doing this? But, of course, they want to be off the record. So, you know, that rumor, yeah. Um, And then you have the common view. Some people think, well, the FAA has been hijacked by special interests. What? And it's no longer the FAA you used to know. You know, not, not your old grandfather's FAA. Oh my so, God! You know, I guess that's true. Yeah, they should just send out for Gene, and he'll come and rescue them. Hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because uh, you know, I've I've uh, people say, oh, well, you know, you're not giving the FAA a fair shake. Oh, we've invited them to come on the show. It's uh, standing. Uh, you can come on the podcast 
tell people what's going on. You can give us press releases for the SUAS News. You can, um, you know, whatever you want to do, we're here to help and help disseminate information. That's one thing, the SUAS News brand, we are about disseminating information and, I mean, getting it out there and educating people and safety and all the rest of that. Um, we, too, talked to Les Dorr. And we, too, submitted questions. And we, too, are waiting. So, you know, I, I, on one hand, it's kind of, I don't think that it's disingenuous, but it, it bothers them when somebody says, oh, well, you can't beat up on the FAA because they're trying. Well, if you're trying, you got to, you know, tell the public that you're working for what yeah. you're doing. Communicate. Yeah, Absolutely. it's not a... That's one thing I think that we've um, kind of realized in this effort is this is a one-way street. That's my view. Gene? Yeah, pretty much that's the case. And we have invited them to our flight ops. We have asked them to you know, review our SOPs, our community-based procedures. Uh, and we've gotten, you know, you know kind of back-channel accolades on the things that we've done in the past. And uh, it's frustrating to to get those back channel packs, and then the official, you know, sorry guys, it's uh, against the regulations, or there is no regulation, and sorry you can't do that. So it, it's unfortunate that 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 has occurred. And and one thing I, I do want to say, when when Maha approached me about doing this, I saw it also as an allegory for the rest of the industry. To be honest with you. And it was very important to me that nothing but the facts, you know, to, to coin the old phrase, we wanted to put nothing but the facts forward. And everything that I've seen so far is just exactly what has happened. This is no embellishment. This has been, you know, uh, these are documented events that have occurred. And they are terribly frustrating and terribly important and it is. It's an allegory to the to the farming industry, to the other places where an unmanned aircraft could fly over and corn could care less whether it's being photographed, you know, or its privacy is being invaded. Yeah, and because just, you just know like, our privacy, our privacy has never, you know, we're, we have so much privacy right now. Let's face it; we don't want to give any of that up. <laughs> I'm seeing another documentary here, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, I, just one last point I'd like to make, and I promise I'll be quiet after that. But No, we're interviewing you, know, you people, yeah. people keep saying the government's worthless, and I disagree. I really do, because go back to when they decided you couldn't take water on an airplane. Remember how quickly they were snagging your water away from you? I mean, it made yep. my head spin. And now they've, I mean, good or bad, whatever your feelings, they've repealed Obamacare 40 times. They've had time to do this 40 times, but they don't have time to deal with the integration of UAS. I mean, come on. Well, you know, it's the age old. We don't have the budget. We don't have the manpower. I, You know, I, I'm a, I don't really buy that. You know, you really need to... <sighs> I've said this before. When you come out of the private sector... The amount of stuff that you have to do to make a living, and anybody who's been in business knows this. I mean, even the, the expo thing. 
I mean, the last month and a half of that, it was all day, you know, wake up, go to bed, uh, eat, sleep, drink, expo, but it got done. And not that I need a brownie medal or anything, but, uh, you know, if you have a passion, and that's one thing that I think that's that's missing here, is there's nobody that, uh, on the regulator side, or there's few people that have the passion for this technology. And those that do have the passion um, are sent off to some obscure uh, office somewhere. They've lost some good people because those people would not go along with the program. Uh, they were passionate about science or passionate about the technology, and they were summarily replaced you know so you know we we i don't i don't buy those excuses when there's a will there's a way things get done you know Absolutely. and there's Absolutely. a zillion zillion examples of that um the other um thing i want to talk to you about Ma, is now i know that you made this 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 film and you were like yes we're going to make this film and i had asked you you know what where where's where are we going to see this film so you could can you tell us where this project is going to debut well we're looking at um between end of august beginning of september we've gotten a lot of interest from uh, news outlets, so we're still trying to make sure it's a complete work first before we put it out there, although, you know, obviously, anyone who sees the the trailer has kind of a clue of what, what it's going to be about, but yeah, we're looking for fall of 2013, um, no later than end of September, and it's going to be video on demand, and it, it's really, it's going to be out there for everyone to see, and it's going to be free, so there's no charge. Everybody come check it out, and uh, we'd love to hear feedback from everyone. Well, and you have been getting uh, feedback from the story that we did, and um, I've I've been kind of uh, putting it out there, too, you know, in some places that this is going on, and um, feedback's been been good. Are you getting a full email box? Yeah, well, the the last time I checked, I I think it was yesterday, the original clip that we showed at the Expo has been up there for just about two weeks, I think, in Maha, and it's had Uh, over 1,200 years. It's a little over a week. Yeah, it's wow. uh, oh, okay. a little over a week, one week, and 1,200 views. <clears throat> wow, that's that's not too shabby. You're you're out in front of my TED Talk video. Damn it! No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I think it's going to be good, and I think uh, you know. I know I'm looking forward to it. I know you've uh, interviewed some um, some some experts, and uh, some of those experts have been on this show. And and one of them is uh, Mr. DeFore, who was a uh, he was a great yeah. guest. He's a uh, he's been in law enforcement for a, a little while now. Um, I noticed he he's got a tagger on his uniform that says uh, Master Peace Officer. I guess that that takes you got to be there for a couple of years to get one of those, eh? Oh, what um, an impressive impressive man Ken is. An absolute delight of a person. I mean, you could see how he would scare the hell out of you, but you want him there <laughs> to help you. He, I mean, he's on both ends. He's just amazing, extremely well outspoken, as you see well, in the little clips. There's more to come. Yeah, he's uh, he. You know what you're getting with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, 
He's, he's a really nice guy. I agree with everything you say. Uh, but man, you know, as a, as a boss, I I know what I'm getting with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Step outside of the lines, and uh, you're gonna have problems. You know. This Same thing being you. on the the other side of the law. Probably not. He sounds like a, he or he, he impressed me as a fair man, but uh, you know, you'd have to get up pretty early in the morning to try and get some. Uh, Chicanery by that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he good, also good. reinforced the point. I'm sorry. Um, no, um, but he was just saying that what are victims supposed to do? Well, the bureaucracy figures out what it's going to do today or where to go to lunch. I mean, search and rescue operations are volunteers. They're done by volunteers. It's just, I mean, people are just dying again. And they're not commercial operations, so why are they prohibited by the FAA? And it doesn't make sense why they can't just offer an immediate exemption or some kind of blanket exemption for search and rescue. If lives are in the balance, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard. It's not that hard. And I and I hope that your film gives uh, those the regulators, and not only just in the FAA, but uh, you know, federal, state, and local, a view into the downside of you know the bureaucratic snowstorm. You know, so let's have that. Uh, can we have the the uh, the website address one more time, please, Maha? Of course, it is civilian drone movie dot com. Excellent. Okay, well, you know, we're we're out of time, and every week we do the same thing and say, oh, we're going to be able to stretch this one out. But, boy, you know, it went long. Um, we appreciate you being on. I, I, I wish you the best of luck with the film. I can't wait to see the whole thing. Thanks for having uh, me, Patrick. All right. Well, and we will uh, hear or listen to everyone again next week. So, Gene, uh, till next week. Maha, we'll see you yes, in the sir. future. Everyone else, have a have good Have a week. great day. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.